0: There's this thing called, you know, the whole diabetes burnout. Like mm-hmm. I've been doing this, and I'm I'm sick, and I just mm-hmm. I just, just gonna need to eat whatever to I want. I just yeah. need to take a break. And so, if we can create ways that it feels as if they're taking a break, but they're still doing pretty well, yeah. then yeah, they can implement all these the little. The sustainability hacks. factor yeah. is is really really helpful.
1: From the Pritikin Longevity Center in Miami, Florida, welcome to the Healthier Everyday Podcast, where we talk about your health, your fitness, your mindset, the food you eat, and putting it all together to create an amazing lifestyle. In this episode, Kara and Maria talk about what it means to be insulin resistant. They also talk about ways that you can not only treat diabetes, but prevent diabetes and prediabetes. Kara Bernstein has over 20 years of experience in the nutrition field, ranging from clinical nutrition, public health nutrition, and private practice. Dr. Maria Anton is a board-certified endocrinologist with specialties in diabetes, metabolism, and internal medicine. Enjoy today's episode, and don't forget to like and subscribe.
0: Hi, Dr. Anton. Yeah, so nice to be with you. I feel like we're always kind of crossing paths in the, ha- in the hallway we saying hi. We have a lot hi. of patients in common, though. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's so nice that we have an opportunity to kind of talk yeah. about some of the strategies um, that we piggyback off of each yeah. other and um, how we can help our clients um, navigate this whole insulin resistance, pre diabetes diabetes mm-hmm. situation that seems to be an, epi- an epidemic going on here yeah. in the United States. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Um, I thought we could start off um, with you just really explaining um, in the most layman terms possible, um, what is insulin resistance and how does that then sometimes turn into prediabetes, which then can possibly become diabetes? Yeah.
2: So I think it really starts with understanding what diabetes is, which is a condition of high blood sugar. Now with insulin resistance, we first need to understand what insulin does. So when we consume something that's high in sugar, let's say I'm gonna have some orange juice, right? So I consume that orange juice and it's broken down into sugar in my body. Now that sugar should be moved straight from what is getting absorbed in my stomach into the bloodstream and then straight into my cell to be used as energy. The role of insulin is to attach to that cell and allow the sugar to move from the outside of the cell to the inside of the cell to be used as energy.
0: Because if I have our cells, our cells need the energy, not,
2: not correct. our blood. Right? Exactly. So if I have insulin resistance, <clears throat> which can come either from my genes, so thanks mom and dad, or it can come from maybe my lifestyle. Maybe I'm consuming too many carbohydrates. Maybe I'm overweight. Um, maybe just not moving my body as much as I should be. Um, all these things can cause insulin resistance, which means that when the insulin goes to allow the sugar to move into the cell, the cell is not responsive to the insulin in the way that it should be. And what we like to you know, say here at Predican is actually it's almost like a sticky key right. where it tries to open that door to let the sugar in and it's stuck and it's not working. So our body responds by producing more insulin. And so now we've got this really big load of insulin in our body mm-hmm. and that insulin then has to try to push that sugar into the cell. Now the problem with that is that insulin is a hunger hormone. So the more insulin we've got lingering around our body, the hungrier we're going to feel and it's also a fat storage hormone. So now, you know, we've got all this extra insulin that's telling our body to store those calories as fat. And so that really is kind of the foundation for both pre-diabetes and diabetes. You can start just with insulin resistance alone. You know, your body will compensate well for those higher blood sugars by producing that extra insulin. And
0: but covering, covering it.
2: Correct, right. it gets that sugar to eventually move into the cell.
0: But a little bit slower than it should. Correct,
2: yeah. now over time, your pancreas can get a little bit tired and it can become harder and harder for your pancreas to keep up with those demands. And so really we um, see over time that those blood sugars can slowly start to creep up. And
0: that's really where we'll see and the we, patients yeah. start entering that pre-diabetic and then the diabetic range. Got it. Um, yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I know that you look at when you, when, when I, when a patient or a client comes in front of me, we can see them on the outside, right? And um, but we have no earthly idea what's mm-hmm. going on inside. So I always tell them, you know, if you have some questions, let's sit down and talk face to face. But I'm going to go and look at your lab so I yes. can see what's going on on in the inside, um, and then give some suggestions. And you know, one of the things that I noticed, um, someone can have um, a hemoglobin A1C, which is an average of their blood sugar over the last two to three months, and it could be in normal range. But we could also see that it's sort of inching towards the pre-diabetes Correct. range. We could also see what their fasting blood sugar. So mm-hmm. we have all these different tools and, and um, numbers to look at so that we could say, hey, listen, things seem to be going okay right now, but you may be heading in this direction. So let's kind of nip it in the bud here. Correct. And, you know, one of the things that I always talk about um, as a nutritionist and a diabetes educator is that, um, it. you know, I, I think a lot of times a lot of... Patients think that carbohydrates are the enemy because yeah, they, they hear know that all the time. That they turn into sugar. So yeah. I feel like it's my role and my job to really um explain to our guests um, you know, what is the role of carbohydrates yeah. and and um it's still ha- the
2: primary energy source,
0: right? right? It's for our, our body, body first brain. Right. And exactly. So- it's how it's how our body functions, yeah. how how we open and close our yeah. eyes, how we have a conversation, how we get out of bed. Mm-hmm. So We We just want to make sure that they're eating the right ones. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, there there's a slide that I have in one of my lectures, and it it has um, it just says, our bodies were not designed to process the processed. Yeah. So one of the things that we've done over the course of time is we've taken things like apples, Mm -hmm. which are whole. This is a carbohydrate, it's a plant-based food. At the end of the day, this becomes sugar, right? Um, But we take foods like this and we turn it into things like apple chips, okay? Which, by the way, apple chips, for all intents and purposes, are healthy. They're apples and cinnamon. There's no added sugars. There's no added anything. But what ends up happening when we dry out the food is we take a lot of the water Mm -hmm. out and we also take some of the fiber out, which then can become a problem for a pancreas that's compromised, right? Because when the sugar comes in, knock, knock, pancreas. I need you to get the insulin to get the sugar out of the blood. So I really um, focused a lot on the fiber component of yeah. any carbohydrate to explain to the guests that, listen, you can have apples and you can have pasta and you can have sweet potatoes and all of these things, um, but it's important to really focus on the food that's whole Uh, that contains the fiber. And I call fiber, um, like a speed bump in a road. Yeah. It just helps slow everything
2: down. down. It slows down our absorption of that carbohydrate Mm -hmm. and it also helps
0: to make us feel fuller. So we maybe not necessarily have to have to eat as much of it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I I feel like fiber is like a a key to a lot of successes when it comes, when it comes to, health and insulin resistance, prediabetes, mm-hmm. even, even cardiovascular disease. So, um, I just brought a couple of things to show. I, I think visualization is, yeah. is really, really, really helpful. helpful. So one of the things I brought, um, by the way, here at the predikin center, we make these really cute little cups and we put um, fruit in them and we put vegetable in them. And we really urge our guests, especially guests that have issues mm-hmm. with blood sugars, that if you're going to go ahead and eat a fruit cup, match it up with something fibrous, Correct. like, um, The vegetable crudité, you know, we have carrots, we have cucumbers, we have celery, and that way the fiber part um, will help counterbalance Mm -hmm. some of the sugar that's in the fruit in addition to the fiber that's already in the fruit. And I love the little saying that you are always telling our guests also, the, you know,
2: carbs like friends. Oh, and so, yeah, like in fruit, 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 like, fruit, friends, fruit. like friends, so always to consume, yes, yeah. exactly, and so always to consume that carb, so if you want to have some fruit, for example, to always match it with that fiber component, that friend for the fruit, right, so, so that to slow can down, can down the slow rise, down the
0: sugar spike, but okay. I thought this was really interesting here, so here I have a raisin, mm-hmm. you could probably barely see it because it's yeah. so small, and here I have a grape. A lot more water in there. <laughs> quite a different size, yeah. right? Kind of shriveled up. This is like a shriveled up grape. So the issue is, is that what happens is you can have raisins, but because all the water is taken out of the raisin, and it's very concentrated in the sugar. What happens is the amount that we can have really decreases. And so, you know, if some, if a guest says, you know, should I nix the raisins? And I I would say, well, If you want to use them as a small accessory or something like that, it might might work, but if you really want like more of a fruit, you might want to go with something that's full of water because you can have more of it um, and get a little bit more satisfied Mm. than having something like the raisin. But, you know, that's just one example how carbohydrates, I think, get a little bit misunderstood. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of patients think, you know, I've got diabetes. I have to go on a keto diet, for example. I can't eat any fruit. I can't eat any pasta. I can't eat any potatoes. So really want to kind of hone in on the type of carbohydrates that um you and I agree are mm. more preferred and the fact that we pair them all um either with fibrous foods or maybe with with a protein food yeah. or something possibly with a little bit of fat yeah. something
2: so, that actually you were mentioning to me the other day we were talking about the oatmeal and some people get a little bit worried about the oatmeal because it is starchy but you know you had a great recommendation for those patients and it mm-hmm. was to pair that with a little bit of the nonfat greek yogurt exactly. right so right. you were pairing that carb with a friend.
0: And with that really friend. helped to right. blunt that
2: blood sugar response. Right.
0: And and not only that, I, I personally do that myself. Listen, I tell people all the time, I do not have diabetes, but I try to eat like I do because I think, I think it's a everybody really great should. way yeah. to eat. And, um, so I started doing that a long time ago, sticking the the yogurt and the oatmeal mm-hmm. mostly because, um, it makes it also like really, really thick and yeah, creamy, creamy. <laughs> and you get this like mouthfeel like, Oh my God, yeah, it's very satisfying. Is, it is very yeah. satisfying. And I think the textures and the flavors of food are super important mm-hmm. because if somebody's going to eat. Oatmeal on a regular basis because it's good for them. Yeah. We want to make sure that they actually like it, so it can yeah. be sustainable and they will continue. Yeah. So I'm just always trying to devise ways to make whatever they're eating um, more flavorful and more tasteful, mm-hmm. so they don't think that they're eating it just because they're supposed to, yeah. but they're actually so they're enjoying it. They're actually. enjoying yeah. it, and then they're changing habits. Um, I have. This is no joke, just before we had this um, podcast today, I got a text from, I work with some clients remotely. So after they leave here, yeah. I continue yeah. to work Stay with them touch. so that they can you know, continue bridging the gap between what they did here and what, what goes on yeah. at home. And one of the goals I had for one of my diabetes clients is that um, he really, really, really likes bread. And so um, he wanted to kind of get off of it for a while just to you know not eat it. But what ended up happening when he got off the bread is he kind of substituted it, and sometimes he ended up having like these little sort of pastries. Oh boy! <laughs> and and the, and the thing was that he that he fessed up to me was he said, you know, before I came to Pritikin, I ate bread all the time, and I ate the pastries all okay. the time. So I got rid of the bread, but I really, really can't seem to get rid of the pastry situation. So I think it's important to say, listen, better is better. You know, like you you did something, but you know, now we got to understand when you're eating the pastry, what happens to your body when you eat something so refined and processed like that? So maybe you can kind of take us through the difference between when you eat something like a pastry that has a lot of added and processed Mm -hmm. sugar in it versus eating Even something like a piece of whole grain bread that's 100% whole. Here at the Pritikin Center, it's like rainbows and unicorns. All you gotta do is show up and everything is planned and prepared for you. But when you get home, get ready for those lions and tigers and bears. Whether you're racing out the door to work and skipping breakfast, or glued to the Zoom call and no time for lunch, or maybe you're in retirement and every day is a holiday. The solution, you need a plan. My name is Kara. I've been a registered dietitian for over 20 years, and I've helped thousands of clients create sustainable plans that stick. At the Pritikin Center, we offer a one-to-one remote nutrition coaching program with me, Together, we will create a customized plan that addresses your lifestyle, your health markers, and any of those derailers that lead you astray. Support and accountability can be the difference between finding success and constantly chasing after it. Sign up today for more information about Pritikin at Home Concierge Nutrition Program. Are we good for next week? Are
2: you at the same time, two o'clock next Wednesday? Yeah, so the difference really is the speed that we are absorbing that product so i eat the pastry and that just breaks down so quickly we're able to break that down into sugar molecules extremely rapidly and that will lead to a faster blood sugar spike which will lead to a spike in our insulin as well and you'd actually mentioned that you know although you don't have prediabetes or diabetes that you still like to eat in this way with the whole foods and i think it's extremely important for all of us to really try to prevent as much as we can those really you know um spiky foods exactly those those foods that are just going to spike us because we are going to be secreting so much more insulin and that can lead to waking for some people um and urges correct and cravings yes you're absolutely right the cravings um which can come you know when that big insulin um you know secretion is produced we can see that the blood sugar will decrease but then that can lead to some cravings for something sugary and sweet later on which is
0: exactly what so what i was trying to explain to the client was you know Yes, I'm I'm so happy that you got rid of the whole bread thing. Yeah. But um so the so what we did, I said, listen, I know you really like bread. And I think part of the issue, because what was happening was he was still having these cravings mm-hmm. all the time. And I said, I think part of your issue is the pastry because mm-hmm. it's sending this message very quickly to your brain that and this is really, really good. <laughs> this tastes amazing. Yes, yeah, a little dopamine surge. Dopamine surge. So Give me more, and then he was trying to resist that feeling. So we actually said, "Why don't we try something new? Why don't you start adding in some whole wheat bread? He Mm -hmm. likes the Ezekiel bread, the sprouted wheat. Um, He was just afraid to eat it because he. But but then he went ahead and did the pastry. So (laughs) I said, "Let let's let's go back and try a little bit of the whole wheat bread. Make a goal. You know, maybe you'll have it once a week, maybe twice, one to two times a week, and see if you bite." in allowing yourself and granting yourself the permission to do the sandwich, maybe that'll help you get rid of the whole pastry thing, which leads you to wanting the sandwich too. So I said, give it a whirl, see what happens. And he texted me today and he's like, well, Kara, I don't know what happened, but as a result (laughs) of our conversation, I didn't eat any, any pastries and I didn't eat any bread. And lo and behold, my brain isn't hijacking me as much as it was. So um, it, it, it just goes to show you that honestly, as you feed the body, very sugary processed foods, that's exactly where they're wanting. There's go an addiction to, con- there. There's the addiction component. Absolutely. And if you take it away um, over time, You actually stop thinking about it. We can retrain our body. We can retrain the brain, and um, I'm not saying it's easy. Yeah, it's not. It's not not an easy task. We we stand here giving the (laughs) recommendations, but at the end of the day, it's the patient that really has to put it into work. It's something that you want to work on, and 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 I feel honestly that once people really understand what's going on Mm -hmm. to the with their body, um, it's much easier to make a decision as opposed to making a decision based on. I can't do this and I should do that Absolutely. and I'm a bad person if I did this. That's it, one of the best
2: things about Pritikin. I think, you know, we have the time to really explain to the patient why they're making those changes as opposed to, you know, when they sit with their doctor outside, they're just told, you know,
0: you can't eat this, you can't eat that, Nothing why. that.
2: Exactly. Nothing <laughs> white. That's and like goodbye.
0: <laughs> good luck. Have a nice day. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that the Pritikin offers such a, an awesome... Um, Multidisciplinary experience because um, you know I, I'm the nutritionist, so I'm you know the the food person. I don't like to call myself the food police, <laughs> but um, there's a whole other side which is which is the physical activity and, and I, exercise piece, which is a very huge part of, yeah. of Pritikin. Um And I and I also like to work alongside with the exercise team, so that we can explain to the guests that not only does the food affect your um, insulin sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, So does physical activity. And I've actually been told, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that moving your body, going for a walk or um, doing gardening or dancing or whatever Mm -hmm. physical movement you're doing is equivalent to taking that form in in terms of sensitizing insulin. Yeah, absolutely. So we do know that, you know, when we ask our body to move, so
2: whether it's through any of those activities, our body actually needs that sugar. So I'll often tell my patients, you know, after dinner, you know, go for a walk, a little 20-minute walk makes a huge difference in their blood sugar because their muscles now need to use up some of that sugar that they had at dinner time. So they'll go to sleep with a better number, they'll wake up with a better number. It really just helps to stabilize things.
0: So, right. so it's not it's it's not like they have to go run and do a spin exactly. class or They don't have run to be ran out into a huge sweat. sweating yeah. <laughs> like crazy. A little bit of movement, like trading off um having dessert after dinner yeah. to going for a 15-minute walk mm-hmm. over the course of time. Can make the difference, honestly, in my opinion, from someone um, going from pre-diabetes to diabetes yeah. to going in the, the opposite direction. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe returning
2: mark. back into those normal blood sugar ranges. Absolutely. Right. But yeah. then,
0: once they return there, we ha- we must remind them that have to um, be careful. <laughs> in order to stay in that place, you <laughs> yes. have to continue doing what you've been doing: the physical activity, um, increasing whole foods, more fiber into the diet. Yeah. Um, and it will, it will continue yeah. to be well. But if you, if you get it there and then you kind of revert back to your old habits, guess what? It comes right back. I think that right? this is kind of a
2: place where we can talk a little bit about some of the uh, strategies that maybe we can give to patients to help them yep, maintain absolutely. those numbers. So, for example, that patient that you were talking about with the pastries. So how could we direct that patient to getting better blood sugar results despite the pastry, right? So you mentioned, you know, having the the sandwich instead, but maybe also the order in which they're eating their foods is really important. Right,
0: right. right. So Yeah, you
2: were telling me about a study that you had read recently. Yeah, so there was a study that that looked at, you know, the the order in which the patients consumed their their meals. And they found that when the patients started with the vegetables, moved on to the protein, and left the carbohydrates for last, there was up to a 40% reduction in Mm. their blood sugar spike. That's that's, unbelievable. That's just the order. That's just the order. So, you know, traditionally, you know, most people, if they're out for like a steak and potatoes kind of meal, they're having a little bit of the potatoes and a little bit of the steak kind of going back and forth between them. But just making that change of maybe starting with the salad, doing your steak, and then having the potatoes can really
0: have a huge, you know, impact in terms of decreasing that blood sugar spike. Agreed. And the other thing, when you were telling me that, I was thinking about... Here at the Pritikin Center, it's, it's, um, we don't really tell the guests this, but the way in which we, um, have them go in the line yeah. is, is we very calculated. <laughs> so, um, there's the, the salad line. Mm-hmm. You start there and we really, really urge you to fill up on the salad yep. and the vegetables because these are what we call very low calorie dense foods. Yeah. So very, very low in calorie and very They're high. They're lining up with, with fiber. fiber. Yeah. So it's going to help satiate them and help exactly. them keep a little bit more full yeah. and, and really keep that blood sugar nice and yeah. level. And then we go on to the soup, which usually is um, either a vegetable soup or um, a bean oriented yeah. or a legume soup, which, which we know is very high in fiber, mm-hmm. also high in protein. Yeah. So what I love about the legumes is like, they're like a double whammy, right? They have protein, they have carbohydrate and they have a lot of fiber. So it it is just, it's almost like a combo food in one and um, really good for filling yourself up with the fiber, giving the protein to help stabilize the blood sugar. And then last but not least, we get to, the um, the main meal, which could be like a piece of pizza, or right. it could be a quesadilla, which is very starch yeah. oriented. But honestly, I tell the guests, I'm like, by the time you get to the pizza, you're already pretty full. One might be good, <laughs> yeah, and you're good to go. So not only does it help with the order in which your 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 blood sugars will have in the order in which you eat, but you actually probably will end up eating a lot less, less carbohydrate yeah, because it's the last part of your yeah. meal. As opposed to saving the salad for less. And then you're like, oh, I'm full. I'm not going to eat the salad. right. Yeah, exactly.
2: And I think that one of the other benefits of, you know, especially those soups that are so high, you know, in the bean content, the legumes, um, we know that those are also really heavy in resistant starches. Yep. Right. And so not only do we have the fiber component, but we've got the resistant starch that's also coming from that as well which helps us to stay fuller for longer. Can you tell us a little bit more about the resistant starches? Yes,
0: so there's different classifications of resistant starches, but basically um, one of the things that you can do is for instance, if you're you're making brown rice or something like that, um, you wanna make sure after you cook it that you cool it right away, and that creates some resistant Mm -hmm. starch, which helps stabilize the blood sugar a little bit more. Um, Also, if you, um, for example, bananas, once the bananas, I call I call them when they get leopardy, like little (laughs) little spots. Yeah, Um, you know they're really sweet. (laughs) They're really releasing a lot of the sugar. So so you could have um, a very like yellowish or green Mm -hmm. banana, which has more of the resistant starch. And as it starts ripening more, the sugars are released. Mm -hmm. Which you could be eating a banana that actually will raise your blood sugars much more than if you were eating more of a yellow or greenish type of banana. Um, So that's another type of resistant starch. And, um, and resistant legumes. starches essentially are just acting like fiber in our system, right? Just not it, it's not getting absorbed, it, right? It, causing it's causing that sugar spike, exactly. Because what happens is when we eat the fiber, right? It it it's not really digested, yeah. and so the, the, it doesn't make the blood mm-hmm. sugars go up. So the same the same with the resistant starch. So legumes also another yeah. another great great source, yeah. great source, and um, especially lentils seem to be yeah. very high in these resistant starches, and you can actually add resistant starches into your food as well. So that's a, that's a no, a whole nother line and another level that when you go to the doctor, they're, they're, they're not going to go into the weeds of, of, you know, which carbohydrates have more fiber, which carbohydrates have more resistant starches, but, um, even pasta, like I know that for whatever reason, pasta (laughs) has been demonized in terms of people with diabetes, like pasta's out. And, um, we have to realize that Number one, if, if pasta is, is, um, enriched or bleached or durum wheat, Mm -hmm. these are words that they are very refined, refined types of pasta, and they Mm -hmm. will really increase the blood sugars very quickly as you were describing. And then the whole insulin surge and then the hunger and all that happens. But once you make the the pasta whole grain, it will have the fiber component, you cook it, you cool it, create the resistant starch. So you create an environment where, um, size matters right so we have the vegetable first and then we have that and we create the resistant starch and then we make it whole grain these sort of strategies and tactics will change everything it will it will make them less hungry it will help keep their blood sugars more stabilized and the mere fact that they feel confident that they could eat pasta and not get into trouble um, i think is very um is very good it takes away some of that anxiety the anxiety (laughs) about I can't eat pasta, and exactly. I, I can't do this, and I can't yeah. do that. And then um, there's this thing called, you know, the whole diabetes burnout. Like yeah. I've been doing this, and I'm I'm sick, and I just yeah, I just need to eat whatever to take, I want. I just yeah. need to take a break. And so, if we can create ways that it feels as if they're taking a break, but they're still doing pretty well, yeah. then. Yeah, they can implement all these the little sustainability hacks. factor yeah. is is really, really helpful. So um I think I think my message, my main message when I talk to the guests here at Pritikin is that um having diabetes is not a is not a death sentence right, here. Exactly. We it, want in, them to have control. it is in your control. And yeah. how wonderful in that, because there's not there's not that many diseases that we have that we, we really have, a have a lot of, of, control of the control over. Yeah. over over the success of Correct. of the outcome, and so I really try to make them look as like, listen, you you can change this, yeah. um, and really empower them mm-hmm. to make changes and give them some good ideas, like adding the yogurt to the oatmeal yeah. or uh, making sure you load up your vegetables when you have starches or have your friends like your yeah. protein <laughs> with your fruit and right. things like that. Um, then they can walk away with, oh my god, this. I can do this. I can
2: do this. absolutely. Absolutely. I think that they feel really confident when they leave here that they are going to be able to implement a lot of these little hacks. To their day-to-day life to really improve the other, you know, their their blood sugars, and they they tend to for the most part really see dramatic improvements in their A1Cs
0: and their fasting sugars, um, just by doing these little tricks. Right, mm-hmm. and it's, it's super empowering. I mean, if I see someone come in the first week when they come to Pritigan, yeah. they're like a, they're like a deer in headlights mm-hmm. and really confused because they get a lot of information right. from right. social media yeah. and from friends, and it's all very confusing. And so. Um, when they come here, this is like you know I say this all the time, but I'll say it again. It's like rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> it, we, we, it, everything you do everything here comes is, together. Is, is really yeah. good for you, and um, everybody here that works here is really passionate about what they do, and we we just want to help. And then um, even beyond that, after after the guest leaves this wonderful rainbows and unicorns and go to what I call the lions and tigers and bears outside (laughs) world, that they can still, you know, work with us in terms of creating meal plans, asking questions, continuing to learn and continue to be empowered because I think, you know, knowledge is power. And when people feel knowledgeable and not confused about what they're doing, then um I see I see them to you be them more much more successful herself, right? yeah. and for long term, not mm-hmm. not for like, okay, I'll do this for three yeah, months and, exactly. and then burn out of it. Yeah, I agree
2: completely. Yeah. And my patients have really appreciated all the information that they get here at Pritikin. And I right. think that a lot of that not only comes from, you know, the lectures where they understand a little bit more about how their body works, but also being able to sit down with, you know, you guys and really understand you know, what food is, is doing to their body and how they can make these changes. And then they get to their fitness department and they are you know doing exercises that can mm-hmm. really dramatically improve their sugars as well. And I think that it's just the combination of all of it that really kind
0: of all comes together. Mm-hmm. So after that two week experience, a lot of these guests like feel like a million bucks. Yeah. it's yeah. Re- And it's really, and really happy. it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful to watch it. It's mm-hmm. sort of a win-win, you know, because I feel like, and I'm sure you do when, when um, we help someone not only, does it? Is it a great experience for that person? But it, it bounces right back off yeah. to us, um, and makes me want to continue doing what it is that I'm doing here yeah, at the Pritikin absolutely. Center. So, anyway, I'm so glad that we had this time to talk you today. Too. Thank you for Let's having me. Let's do it again sometime <laughs> yeah. soon.
1: Thank you for listening to the Healthier Everyday Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you're interested in learning more about the Pritikin Longevity Center and how the physician-led team of wellness professionals have been helping people for almost 50 years, visit pritikin.com. That's P R-I-T-I-K-I-N.com.